Yeah, there should be some passion. This doesn't have to be boring. Boring, boring. Hey, one thing the game needs is more people like you. You, you. Still have grown men run around tight pants. It's Mookie Betts. It's Daniel Bard. It's Steve Aoki. Here's Salt Lamakia. This is Brock Holt. Hey, this is John Lester. Baseball is baseball. Baseball isn't boring. Welcome to Baseball Isn't Boring. Here's your host, Rob Bradford. Baseball isn't boring. Well, sometimes it is. Usually when Evan Drellick's talking about it, it is. But not today. Not today, Evan Drellick. Welcome. Long time no talk. Well, last, when was the last time we were on a show together? Are you going to play the intro music we used to have on Sunday mornings? Uh, no, I am you not. You can't get this, that drop? We've, we've, we've both moved on from that. Uh, yeah, we both the system? Uh, no, no, it's it's we just have different things. We're prioritizing different things. You're prioritizing labor laws and I'm prioritizing entertainment. That's so, right. Um, so gradually cool hat. How you doing, fellow kids? Well, this is uh, this is Los. Uh, what is it? Bleed Los so Dodgers podcast, which is basically like it's I'm just sticking up for the Dodgers. I guess right. they're your mean Houston Astros. Uh-huh. Um, anyway, uh, I, in all sincerity. Congratulations on your book. Winning fixes everything. How baseball's brightest minds created sports' biggest mess. It is your second greatest literature accomplishment after what was the other one? A hundred things that you think now, you about the Red Sox or something. Close. That's the other series that triumphed. It's the Big Fifty, the uh, oh, many the moments 50. that made the Boston Red Sox. Yeah. Oh, so should we do like the Big Fifty, the fifty uh, power rank, the fifty things, and winning fixes everything? Should we uh, do we that? Could, we could. I don't know if that would be uh, the best use of our time, but we could. Yeah. Could Could you say this? Uh, I'm Evan Drolick, and my favorite book is Winning Fixes Everything. Can you say that, please? Why am I saying that? Just say it. Because I want you to say it. I'm Evan Drellick, and my favorite book is Winning Fixes Everything. Okay. How's that? All right. Do you know the name of my book that's coming out? A Damn Near Perfect Game, because I see it behind your head. All right. Thank you. There you yeah. go. Thank you for that uh, that creative editing I'm going to do a little bit later on. So uh, there you go. Evan Drellick, you have a book. Uh, there are so many things I want to get to when I talk to uh, you about. First of all, have you? How much publicity? How much media have you done? Have you done a ton? I know that you have the excerpts. Yeah, this, this is going to be a busy week. I've got a, a bunch of different podcasts and radio shows lined up this week, and then next week I'm going down to Florida. But the book isn't out until next week, so I think once the book is out, I'm expecting the next two to three weeks to be relatively busy. How about uh, in Houston? Well, how much in Houston? Well, there was a guy who used to be at the Houston Press who has a newsletter who's already written about it. Uh, Oh, a newsletter. Yeah, a newsletter. I mean, mean, no, I'm honestly asking this because I find it sort of interesting because, you know, the... You, you know, the thing that I'm doing, Joe Kelly isn't really liked in Houston very much, which is fine, but you sort of lean into it. And uh, I would, I, but for your case, I'm sort of interested in terms of obviously it's something that happened in Houston. No one's going to deny it happened in Houston. It's newsworthy because right. of all the places it's newsworthy, it's in Houston. But do, are they sort of like giving you the stiff arm? Do you get what are you getting from the people in Houston? No, I've had one of the you know, there's two Houston sports radio stations. Uh, the one that is not affiliated with the Astros has already asked me to come on. I don't have a date yet for that, but I'm sure that'll happen. The Houston Chronicle, I'm expecting it's not finalized yet, but I'm expecting there will be excerpts in the Houston Chronicle. The Houston's 
it's a different sports town than Boston. It's very rah-rah. You know, there, there's... But that's what I mean. That's why I'm asking. Yeah. Look, I I, I wouldn't be surprised if the Astros flagship uh, steers far clear of me. They, um, you know, there, there are hosts there that very, very proudly tout that I'm a big Houston fan, right? And so I'm, I'm kind of a foil for them. I'm, a, I'm, I'm fodder. I'm a target. It's fine. You know, it, it, I'm going on Houston's NPR station. We'll have some nice nuanced intellectual discussion. But look, <laughs> it's a big city, but is, you know, you know, this is a, a media market. It, it's, it's different than Boston. It's a different place. So you have the excerpt come out. Uh, and I know that the Boston Herald picked it up. And, you know, and so obviously in Boston gets a little bit of play because of the chorus stuff. Sure. Um, do you feel like that is of all the markets, of all the attention that you're going to get for this book? And, you know, everyone should know that this book is about the the Houston Astros cheating scandal in 2017 and before leading up to that. Uh, it's very well researched. I'll give you that. Like you, you, whatever you did, out, whatever you were doing, uh, your Kumbaya uh, moment out in uh, Joshua Tree National Park for a month, Mm -hmm. uh, it all came together. But uh, it's very well researched. But I'm just anxious to see, like, besides, okay, you got the core stuff at Boston. Where else are, where have you gotten feeling like, okay, this is going to hit home? Is it, is it Los Angeles? Is it, um, you know, is it Houston? Is it, you know, where, where are you getting some buzz from? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm hopeful that the LA Times will do an excerpt. That's also not fine. Now, how many excerpts are you going to have? Holy crap. Sounds like four. Well, I, you don't even have to buy the book. Just read all the excerpts. No, but that, see, that's, that's the, the, the problem in a weird way is that the book is so much more than just sign stealing. But, you know, what grabs people and what easily generates the headlines is the sign stealing. And so that's what people keep, uh, you know, excerpting. That's fine, right? It, it's good for the book to get uh, attention. But I, honestly, I'm going to say this, Evan. Like, yeah. it, like I said, it was well researched, well, whatever reported, and everything else. But we knew that by now, how many more years later, we knew that this happened. Right. We knew that this happened. The sure. more interesting thing about this book is, is like you said, of how the whole sort of franchise was built. Yes. Like that, and and you know, I know that's not how books work, and that's. You know, people are going to take out the salacious stuff and and take out the like you said the excerpts or whatever, but uh, but yeah, well, good luck again. Yeah, well, across. right. I mean, I'll talk about this for a second, right? There's a bit of a challenge here in really in a marketing sense, and I'm excited for people to actually get their hands on the book and read it and and see these different parts of it uh, because it it really is it's explaining the outgrowth of Moneyball, right? Like big data, baseball, all this stuff. You know, where did this game go and how did we arrive? at the scandal. And when I was reporting the book, there were so many times when I would just, my own reaction, and I'm not that easily moved, buddy. Uh, it was just like, holy F, holy S, this is wild, right? right. Like this, you know, it's just it like, like the presence of the consulting firm McKinsey inside the Astros offices in 2017, there's an executive in the book saying that McKinsey is basically what led to the destruction of the Astros front office. Right. And all these things that frankly, other people who wrote about the Astros missed, um, you know, it pissing yeah. on the pissing on the, the coverage of the Astros, but it's, it, but here's the, here's the problem. You just said it, Evan, you know, I'm honest with you. Sure. No one wants to, I almost swore. No one wants to hear about McKinsey. 
Right. Right. And some people do. Right. There are people, yeah. Yeah. Some people do. And, those, people and honestly, do. those are the people who are going to read the book from stem to stern, because, you know, as I think that it, and I'm in the, you're going to have to weather me pushing my book as well during this. But that's too bad. But I thought, you know, <laughs> Joe, Joe said this. Joe Kelly said this. And I agree with this. He's like, you know, less people are reading books. So what's what's hot right now it's podcasts so you almost have to make it seem like a podcast sure. in a way and um and you know but that said you, you have to get you know how it is you have the headline you have the subject you have the excerpts you have the bullet points and then you got to suck people. It's just like writing a story in the newspaper now. I think right? we're doing that, right? I mean, I think the sign stealing, look, if it's a gateway for people to to read a deeper story, uh, and you know, look, even the science thing itself, if you want to understand how this happened and what happened in Houston, in Boston, in New York, even in Los Angeles, um, there's a lot in there, right? You you can you can beyond the excerpts that have come out so far, there's still a lot more Can't to learn about science. What's that? How many excerpts? How many excerpts are you gonna have? You keep throwing around excerpts. Well, why don't, how many are you gonna have? Like one. Like you just. You I, give I'm a little, very excited. Give him a little taste. You give him a little taste. Can you can you send me a copy of your book, please? I can. I mean, it's like it's like asking to go to the bathroom in in middle school. I can. May may I? Yes. May send I? Me a copy maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Why? What are you gonna do for me? Well, when I need to go to the bathroom, you know, I'll have oh, the book. There you go. You're not getting a book. Um, so, uh, but, you know, I want to go back to what you said about reporting the book. Yep. Um, because you did the initial reporting and then, uh, my favorite part is by the way, is of your, when you mentioned the, the caller, the sports radio caller, your, your time at WEI with me, that was at the beginning of the book in case anyone wants to see it. It's one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven. taking your calls up until midnight <laughs> home for Red Sox baseball, W-E-E-I. See, you could have gotten a Pulitzer for that, too. Um, so when you, you did the initial reporting and then you get this book deal uh, and then you have to actually research the book, you have to sort of go next level. What was the thing when you did the reporting for the book con- con- compared to sort of the initial reporting? What was the thing you did the, the reporting for the book that jumped out at you? I know there was a few things, but what was the thing that, that when you sunk your teeth into it over the last 10 years uh, since since that you've been working on this book? What was the thing that jumped out at you? There's a lot of stuff on front office dynamics. You know, there there'd been a Jeff Luno, who was the GM of the team who was an ex-marketing executive before he got into sports. The guy was a marketer. He's very media savvy. And it was stunning to me how different the actual operation of the Astros was from what everybody understood. The very basic storyline of the Astros was, you know, it was Luno running the whole show and he had his right-hand buddy, Sigma Dell. Uh, and what it turned out was that, particularly in the later years, there was this whole other faction of people, Brandon Taubman, Mike Fast, uh, Pete Patilla, Patilla's not the GM of the Giants. Mike Fast is a high up with the Braves. Taubman's out of the game. Um, and there was massive internal conflict. You know, there was some, there was uh, a person with direct knowledge of the league investigations, I believe how they're cited in the book, who said everybody thought it was this well-oiled machine. This is a quote in the book. Uh, but when you looked in, it was a disorganized mess. And I think the amount of distrust, dysfunction, lack of communication, that was inside that organization. And so when, when you step back and, you know, every time a team wins a world series, you're going to have that great book. Oh, they're so smart. 
and they're wonderful and look at this innovation and and it sets up this this inherent conflict of they won but holy crap what is going on underneath and what did you do to get there uh who did you step on um and how did you end up in this place where the whole thing went kablooey you know and, and so like look remember the Taubman incident right he he gets fired after yelling yes uh, in the direction of several reporters in the Astros clubhouse ALCS 19. um one thing that my reporting showed was that there was an incident prior to that you know this hasn't been excerpted yet but you know you pick up the book you'll read about this Luno when once this happened you know he stood up there at the podium in, in DC during the World Series that year and said you know this isn't a culture thing there's been nothing like this has ever happened that is outright not true there had been an incident where Taubman had left another employee in tears but the Astros didn't do anything about it management didn't do anything about it why because Taubman was driving results he was a very important part of the team uh Luno didn't give him any attention purposely because he didn't want any teams to poach him. Um, but you know, the fact that you could have put up a stop sign, you could have done something to prevent this or tried, um, you know, it, it was a cauldron waiting to explode, whether it was going to be sign stealing, whether it was going to be Taubman, whether it was going to be a bunch of other stuff, you see how this builds up. And I think that's really the power of the book is you see what was going on underneath and that stuff, Rob, you know, this, is rarely reported it is very rare we actually get what was actually going on inside those offices okay so let's go let's do a little bit of the timeline because yeah. it's an interesting story right but it's an old story i'm not saying i'm not devaluing it evan i'm just hear me out because it's more of a historical document now than it is sort of a pathway to to what this is in the current state because and correct you can correct me if i'm wrong but they've won a World Series. They won a World Series without Lou now, without Taubman, without these guys, without all doing the, everything they did. Um, and they fired the GM. Uh, right, they, right, exactly. I mean, and I'm, so, I, I guess I, your theory would be. No, 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 no. Hold this. Just wait a second. Wait a second. Wait a second. <laughs> no, I don't have a theory. My theory is that you you wait, you you blew through three deadlines. No, I'm not, oh, I'm, sure. no. <laughs> Great. Already. Uh, but it, it doesn't matter. It's wherever you end up. My yeah. point is, my point is, is that when you go through it and, and, you know, I want to talk a little bit about writing a book, right? And we've talked about this. I remember when you, you were, you, we were talking, you were asking me about, should I do the big 50 or whatever it is? And, and I think I said to you, you know, you do the first book so you can do the second, but you, you don't, you didn't need to do that book to do this book. You did this book because you did it the had no impact. Right. No. Exactly. Exactly. No, I know. I understand that. But still, it's an as you know, uh, as someone who uh, has gone through the process now, it's an exhausting experience. Yes. So, so you have the take me through. You have the reporting. You 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 do. You have the initial story, and then you sort of have what follows. When does uh, the idea of doing a book come about? When? Yeah, that's the well. Where, where we'll start. When does the first sort of the idea of a book coming out? Where you approached? Did you have the idea? How did that happen? Yeah, and, and uh, real quick, I'll, just to your point about it, you know, being history, I agree. I mean, like Amazon picked the book as um, one of its best history book picks for February. Awesome. That's really great. And that's like not something the publisher sets up. That's some Amazon editors doing that. I do think it still remains very relevant. A, you're seeing the traction that the science stealing stuff gets. B, 
you know, you get to the epilogue and you, you see. Well, all Evan, stuff- Evan, the science feeling stuff gets traction because it'd be like, it'd be like saying, say, you know, if I go back to the 2011 chicken and beer Red Sox, someone came out with someone, some, something you didn't know. So that doesn't have a relevance to what's going on now. I mean, I'm just calling it the like rule it is. changes, the labor stuff, the lockout, all of it funnel, you know, everything that, that created the lockout we just had, right. was Houston based, right. It, it, the, the culture of analytics and the what? way front offices what? are no, no, a prioritizing bus rides and like what, what? Oh, we can Come have on. a labor discussion. So anyway, I'm giving you a compliment. Yeah. I'm giving no, you a compliment. I, no, I this you. is, this is, I think that sometimes these are the best books where you can sit back and say, this happened here. And I know that you're supposed to like funnel it toward what's going on now, but trust me, this is what this is. This is, this is the meat and potatoes of this. So I'll ask you the question again. Yep. When is when did it sort of percolate in terms of doing a book? Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect co worker of yours why why if you why? have t-mobile 5g home internet you might be hearing this why a lot why every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours why why because your network gives priority to cell phone users why, why? good question why not switch to cox internet with two times faster download speeds than t-mobile 5g home internet during peak hours okay stop the whys and visit cox.com 5g home for details t-mobile prioritizes certain t-mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion it was pretty quick after the story came out. What the the pro, the progression I remember was a literary agent had reached out to Ken Rosenthal. Ken is so busy and didn't want to take on a project. Uh, and then it's kind of right around the same time that I was put in touch with this literary agent. There was an editor who literally slid into my DMs on Twitter. Um, and so, you know, I, we talked to one publisher, didn't work out. Then the one who ended up sliding into the DMs is the one we did a book with. So, it was, when did the book deal get done? I don't know, March of 2020, February, you know, it was, it was, it was right in the pandemic. Right. Right. As the pandemic was starting. Yes. Okay. So you, you go through it and then you, you basically commit to doing it. When do you commit to doing it right then? Yeah. February, March. Yeah. I okay. mean, look, I knew that I knew it would be a massive bear, a total pain in the ass, huge amount of work, but there was a, a, clear kind of question presented to me just like internally which was if i don't do this book rob what book am i doing right what story am i better positioned to tell uh and do i have this you know look and i you the 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 way that the astros progression is weaved together in this book no one else has done right no one else had would have had the ability to do it there's never been an astros beat writer who's done a book like this um and i was in the middle of a lot of this stuff, right? I was in the middle, broke the science dealing. Um, I was the first one to question the Astros and have, you know, present questions about the Astros culture um, back in 2014. And so it's really, this is 10 years of my reporting life in this book. It, it, it It's three years of, of work and writing, uh, but, you know, this, I'm drawing on interviews from 2013, you know, starting there and then going up through it. So I had a huge amount of material 
some of it that was never published. Um, and so it was, it, it wasn't about money. It was about if the professionally art. I got to do, yeah, it's just, I, I felt an obligation. This is the story I am in a position to tell. When you start, when you start, you have the idea, you have the, you have the book deal, you, you know, you're going to do it. You have the, done the reporting before. Um, and now, you know, you have to sort of take it to the next level. What was the thing that you knew that you had to do? What was the thing that you knew that like, okay, you know, when you're doing and you lay it out in the book of like, sort of like how the initial reporting was done leading up to the athletic story. But when you start the book, like, what is the thing that you said? Okay. I know that I can dig in deeper here and this is going to be the thing that I have to get to. And maybe it was very difficult. Maybe you weren't able to get to even then. I don't know. I mean, look, there, there was at least 30,000 words that were trimmed off of this book and, and rightly so. I'm sure we could have trimmed a few more. Um, there were things I did want to do more on that I did not, uh, we, you know, you run out of space and time. Um, I, I mean, general, are you asking about a specific, like, no, like no, you, when, you go, or, when you go into this, you say, yeah. I know that this is a book, right. but I also know I need to sort of really, really dig into this part of it more. I need to, you know, potentially, because that's what this is all about. It's advancing the story that you already wrote, right? Correct. So yeah. like, so, so what was the thing that you knew that you had to advance and that maybe there was going to be difficult to advance? I think that in, in the most general sense, it was establishing what the Astros culture was and how that leads us to the science dealing. Um, and I, I knew that to be the case. I, I understood generally what it was. But you have all these series of incidents that happened prior to science dealing and then even after with Taubman. Um, and so it's, it was, it was a lot of fact gathering about a lot of different things, right? I, there's the second chapter of the book is, I think actually one of the better chapters because it, it's got Walt Jockety, who was the GM when Luno first gets into baseball on the record talking about how effed up, uh, that situation was. And so, you know, you go from the Cardinals to the early Astros years to the hacking incident to the, Brady Aiken scandal. There's just all this stuff that was there to dig into. And so I really had to just go piece by piece by piece. Um, and it took forever and it was torture, but it was, you know, and look, it was sports investigative reporting is what it was, you know, and it, it, it took a lot of work and here I am. I mean, it's when with Louis, I've always said this, when you get the box of books, that's when it hits, right? When you get the box of books, it's been really, yeah, I agree with that. And, and I'm really waiting for the 14th for it to be out in the world because I've, I, I have kept quiet. I don't know if, if this has been noticeable at all. No, right? it hasn't been. Well, I've, I've been covering <laughs> labor. I've covered the lockout, but I haven't said much of anything about the Astros sign stealing. I covered news as it came up. I was the first to report on the Yankees letter. Um, and I followed that saga. Boy, well, you haven't tried to sell yourself this much since the WEI interview. Holy well, crap, Evan. I well, mean, you know, I, you're getting me at a good time, Rob, because truly this is this is basically, you know, one of the first I'm doing. Okay. And, well, and this is you three you're years welcome. of. I own this story. I know I own this story, um, and, along with Ken Rosenthal. And there's a lot that I have to say, and I was waiting for the book to say it. I wanted the book to be presented in totality and the story to be presented in totality. But now it's here, right? And so I'm kind of at a point where after watching other people opine, oh, this is how they broke the story or this is what was going on. 
no, now I'm finally in a position where I can talk about it um, comfortably. And it, you know, it was, it was tough sitting on my hands for three years, right. As mm. you're writing this book. Mm. Um, you would, you, we talk about excerpts um, and, you know, we talk about people who you have to get to that you have to talk to and everything else. Obviously a central figure of this is Jeff Lou now. Sure. I, I gave you crap back in September when you had an excerpt come out. Yeah. Right. Um, why did you have that excerpt come out? Uh, there were timing reasons with the publisher that we thought it was the right time to do it. Okay. All right. All right. There you go. All right. Uh, what's so Lou now, what was your, it's interesting because you have to contact all these people, go down the list of people, uh, who the, you know, the main characters who you've contacted, uh, while doing this book and what sort of the reaction was. I'm not going to do it. You know, I thought a lot about, um, I knew I'd be asked questions in this process about, well, who did you talk to? Who didn't you talk to? No, I'm not asking who give you information. Right. Well, you got to look, you got to call everybody, right? Particularly the, the range of people I spoke with, right. Or attempted to speak with very top of the organization to much lower levels and people outside of Houston, uh, with other teams, people who have specific knowledge in different spaces like R&D. Um, I talked to Bill James. I talked to John Cotter, who is a change management expert. There's, it, It's very relevant to the book. I talked to the dean of Rice University's business school, um, people in the commissioner's office. You know, it was really wide ranging. Speaking of the commissioner's office, what's, what's, what was their sort of vibe that you got from them? In terms of, uh, in terms, uh, obviously, you know, we know, and people can read the book to get sort of the insight about like the punishment and everything else, the commissioner and the MLB reaction to it. But let's say, like, when this book comes out on the fourteenth, like, what do you think? How do you think that baseball feels about? How do you think? Because, like you said, there's no doubting, Evan, that this changed baseball. There's there's no doubting about this. But how, as they sit here. Do you think that the, they're sitting there and saying, "Ah, oh, you know what? It was hey, we'll tip of the hat to you, but we're moving on." Or do they say, "Hey, you know, good job." I don't know. I mean, what's your vibe from MLB? Look, I, in general, and we saw this with how they punished the Red Sox, right? And you see this whenever there's a scandal. MLB wants scandals to go away. It, it wants things to be happy and ponies and rainbows, and and that's their job in a sense right i mean what would you expect from a sports league uh, other than that you know you don't want to keep breeding um negative attention uh, i think there are things in this book that will be uncomfortable for teams and people around the league you know it's not a it's not a book with a ton of heroes right when you really figure out what's going on here there's some people you can get behind in the book but um it's a lot of anti-heroes What's your what uh, for Rob Manfred? What is the um, the part in the book where maybe people would say is the most pointed when it comes to Rob Manfred? Maybe yeah. it's an incident. Maybe it's uh, you know a decision he made. Give me the most pointed Rob Manfred moment. Well, I think there's two things. Um, you know, he as you remember, the Red Sox and Yankees were fined in '17 for. For the base runner system, for for the Apple getting Watch. the signs from the video, yeah. right? The Apple Watch scandal, uh, even though it was a Fitbit, it wasn't, or, or some other maker. I think in the end, it wasn't. It wasn't actually an Apple Watch, but that's how we remember it. You know, Rob issues that fine, 
And he thinks he's in his fourth year as commissioner, right? 15th, 16th, or third year. Um, and he thinks that that's going to do it. That, you know, I've laid down the law here. The, the chapter this is in is called Lines in the Sand. I've, I've drawn a line in the sand, right? If you're Rob Manfred. Um, and he absolutely did not, right? It was an, it was a total misread of the situation. And it was the same thing when they put in replay. You, you know, you can tie all this back to 2014 when they when they introduce the elevated use of replay manford when he becomes commissioner puts out a, a press release you know with a couple things this is what i want to do and he talks about i want to keep introducing technology to the game and this guy who was really mlb's point person in the ped scandal right he's testifying in congress this guy who understands the nature of cheating uh and and the way players behave was so blind to what would come from these technological tools that MLB was pushing literally into every clubhouse. Uh, and then you get to the punishments, right? And this is what sticks in a lot of people's craw, uh, that the Astros weren't punished. And the failure wasn't at the time the scandal happens and the league does the investigation, man, for deciding not to punish. The problem was in the years leading up to it, that he didn't understand that, well, if I don't reach an agreement with the players' union, on on how this can be punished and if i ever am in a situation where i have to punish this again and i let them go i'm gonna look freaking awful and so he, he didn't do the legwork necessary because for the same reason he didn't punish the red sox and, and yankees more sternly he didn't think this problem he, he didn't understand the magnitude of the problem he didn't understand the roots of it and he didn't understand how it was festering um and so you know that that's really the culpability of the commissioner's office they didn't get it they didn't understand what they had wrought Ooh, I like that. We use a rot. Excellent mm -hmm. job. W-R-O-U-G-H-T. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. There you go. You don't even need an editor for that. Mm -hmm. So let's spin it forward to, um, you know, you're going through the process of writing the book. And then, you know, the the Astros, they, because it, it, initially, I, you know, I, I anyone who looked at Amazon could see this. It was initially, it was, you know, what was it? was, um, what was it, uh, the initial subhead? Um it was, um, you know what it was. What was yeah, there it? was a placeholder. I, I didn't even know. I, I, okay, okay. I, I, yeah. But my, my point, I'm using it's this. It's supposed to be the final subhead. Okay, yeah. Okay. Well, then, then don't put it on Amazon. Guess what? I don't do it. The publisher right. does these things. Right? But the point is, is that in, the, in this time, in this time when you start the process in 2020 to 2023, so much can happen. And then, and, you know, this is at the heart of it this is why i keep coming back to like this has this has legs because it's his historical document but 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 lou now's gone hinch is gone all these guys are gone and 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 then all of a sudden the houston astros without all those guys ever you know i guess doing it the right way quote unquote how do you know they, i no, i don't know but i that's why i did quote unquote that's when I do quote unquote. Who knows? And I'm not suggesting they were doing it the wrong way. Right, right. But they win a World Series. They win a World Series. Um, and then, as you point out, the GM gets fired. So looking at it now, Evan, the Houston Astros, mm -hmm. like how how much how much still how much chaos is sort of rooted from all the things that you reported on before. Not to say that they're doing the same stuff, but when you fire a GM after you win the world series there's it's still some chaos that's rooted yeah this is and this is what i think is very difficult for fans and for sports writers 
you hold up the championship and go, well, that's it. They did it. They, they won the championship. And, and there's this whole underlying part of the book that is like, well, they did it. But how do you care about how they did it? And a lot of times fans and writers don't. But the book is telling you that really you should. And, and in a way, the cheating scandal shows you that people care, right? You can't stand there and go, look, we won the trophy. Well, something's overriding that. And yeah, the, the fact that you had Crane fire his GM, who goes to the World Series twice, two years in a row, um, kind of steadies the ship publicly after the scandal, um, I think is really telling to the leadership and culture issues that exist with the Astros and how Crane does business, right? You read the book, you want to understand why, why Click got fired. Well, you have all these things that, that come before it. You know, there's a quote early on in the book from an Astros executive talking about how when Crane fired his first president a year in, you know, a year and a half into his job there, right? He's already on, on, he's already gone through two uh, team presidents in his, you know, decade or so that he's been there. And there was a quote from an Astros executive that was basically, this is Jim's style of business. If he does not think you are the right person for the job, he will go out and he will find somebody else. But what does that do for your culture? What does it do for working there? What does it do for um, avoiding things like major scandals, right? And so the, I think the timing of the book is actually great. I think it's better to come out you know, now as opposed to like September of last year, which was really probably the earliest it ever would have come out if, if things had gone faster. Um, because, yeah, they won, but what's going on underneath and you saw you you had your eyebrow raised when click gets fired what the hell is that right yeah it's of course I mean, it's weird and you want to understand how it's weird and what's actually going on well you know there you go baby <laughs> do you think the players get off easy i think they got no i i mean <sighs> i mean let's say evan i mean the the they got immunity and i understand why they got immunity but the players so this the, will follow them the rest of their life. I understand the notion. Right. But, you know, it's like it's in. But so you said no. And yeah. I'll push back on this. Is that because they didn't have any punishment? There was zero punishment. Yeah, that's fine. It's following. I think Manfred's part. And, you know, right. and you know, and you know what helped them, Evan? Yeah. The pandemic. Sure did. I mean, oh, my. Like, you know, this leading into when you get this book deal that 2020, that's what anyone was talking about for the first what was it? Two weeks. And then all of a sudden COVID hit and that all went away. It all went away. And, um, but so not uh, the chatter, but the, um, right. I mean, the Astros didn't have to play in front of fans for that year. Right. I mean, that, that's exactly. again, another reason why, you know, you can say they got off. So that's what I'm asking is that, you know, yeah. obviously Hinch suspended, Cora suspended, Beltran has paid the price, you know, um, like, uh, Luna, all these guys. Yeah. But the players, the one who was actually cheated, and 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 I don't know what your opinion is in terms of their reaction to it. Right. Some guys have said, you know, I'm embarrassed. Some guys have taken some responsibility, and other guys have just said, said, how dare you yell at me? You know, I think I think probably both things are true. Yes, some players or, or all of them deserve to actual formal punishment, but I, I do think Manfred is correct that. Um, the stain of this, you know, the the fact that these guys still continue to get booed, right? Any on on the road, absolutely. But yeah, but it's yeah, sort of. Well, yeah. I mean, you, you know, get, I, like Carlos Carlos Correa now 
is is you know was he he went on on um MLB was it MLB Net? no Fox Fox okay. explain what GMs value and and woba and all that stuff and everyone's like oh my goodness Carlos Correa is awesome there's no right. mention of anything that he did none right. so you I don't know, I, people I don't buy look that. at this with idealism they want it to be fair when you look at the history of scandals in baseball or even the science stealing stuff it's not really about fairness right I mean you know when you talk about Cora. And the, the book gets to this, and this was this is one part that wasn't really included in the excerpts, but I think it's a really interesting discussion. Um, you know, Cora was right to bat back against Luno because Luno um, very quickly started to attack Cora, and Cora's like, you know, I'm, I'm not the only one doing this. That's true, he wasn't. Cora and Beltron were uh, certainly the um, flag bearers, right? They were they they were co-founders um, of the system, but they weren't the only ones using it. They weren't the only ones. Uh, enjoying it but you know look at the red sox situation one guy gets punished and and everybody looks at uh cora sam kennedy john go up the chain right is that good leadership when you have the junior level guy jt watkins taking the fall meanwhile red sox players pay jt watkins more than he's ever made in a season according to Red Sox sources I talked to in the reporting in the book, um, you know, they, they take care of him because they know what he did for them. Right. And so, you know, your, your question is born is one out of, well, what would be fair? Um, and, and what happens in all these situations, it's not about fairness, right? The trainer, John Jokum, if I'm saying his name, right. Takes the fall on the Apple watch scandal. You think it was only John Jokum, right? He's the guy who got named and Pedroia was out there too. Right. But it, it's, it always comes down on certain individuals rather than the totality of the situation. And I do think that's a really relevant question for the Red Sox and Red Sox fans. If you look at Red Sox leadership, they let the junior level guy take the fall. Nobody's going, is that good leadership? You tell me, Rob, you think that's good so, leadership? So let me, t- let me ask you this. I answer the question. Do you do, think? No, no, leadership? I never think it's good leadership when you, when you have to, when you let the the underlings take the the heat, I mean the, the the top guys should always take the brunt. And right. in, in this case, you know, in in some ways, the Houston Astros do this. But you keep mentioning sort of the the Red Sox and the Yankees and the in the not the Fitbit whatever yeah. scandal, and and it's in the book. But like, it, I'll ask you this: mm-hmm. Is that you're comparing the two? Okay, would you say that was equal? Like, would you say like when I'm talking about when I'm talking about the yeah. punishment of these guys, would you say that that it was equal in terms of the the player responsibility to it for both sides? So, I have my own opinion about whether severity and cheating matters. I do think it matters, right? I do think you you know there's 120 miles an hour in this in the 55, and there's 95 in the 55, right? And you can, you know, those numbers are all movable. I also think it would be fair for somebody to sit there and go, you know what? You're breaking the rules. Cheating is cheating. I don't care how extreme or little you're doing it. You are, you are flaunting the rules, flaunting the rules. And, um, you know, I think that's a fair opinion for people to take. So, but so think- if, 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 if the Astros, so what were the Astros traveling and what were the Red Sox and Yankees traveling? Yeah, the Astros were traveling, you know, 120, right? And the Red Sox and Yankees were doing the 95. I, I think it's probably the way to put it. Or it's 100 and 130, right? You know, I, this is not a perfect science. That's how I would look at it. Um, but if somebody wanted to stand there and say, I think any cheating is cheating, I'm not going to begrudge them that. 
So when no, no. When, when the when the Astros when the Astros faced the Yankees and Red Sox, right? Okay, 2017. Um, who and obviously the Astros win. So who has the advantage? Like who is who who is who has reaped the benefits of the chicanery more of those teams? Do you think there's just like there was just cheating all over the place, or do well, you think that what the Astros were doing? Do you I, think do you think the Astros what they did in 2017? Yeah, would they have won without doing that? The the, the tragedy and the crime here is that they have given us so many reasons to ask that question, right? I nobody literally nobody Rob can answer that question, and but that's the problem is that they've opened the door to it. They've given reason for people to doubt what they see on the field. And the book goes into this, you know, your question about 18, when you're starting to, a little bit depends on, on what years and specifics you're talking about the 2018 playoffs. There's a chapter in the book and it's referring to uh, a quote uh, from somebody involved with one of these teams that, you know, you get to the playoffs. Um, everybody knows what everybody else is doing in the regular season. It's a lion and a deer, the, the, uh, the best teams in, in 18, uh, and certainly at 17, you know, we're probably all doing some of that base runner system, the video room to dugout um, to runner on base. But where the Astros took it to such an extreme, and, and the, I think it is important for people to understand, you know, you get all these players going, oh, everything, this was happening everywhere. We have no firsthand accounts of something on the Astros level happening everywhere. We have, we have, the base runner system, which the Astros did on the road, but the, the the total lack of involvement of a runner on base, setting up the camera and then just directly communicating it to that hitter, literally what pitch is coming every time without a runner on base, that is different. That doesn't mean it's impossible another team is doing that, Rob. Um, you you never know. And that's that's the crime of the whole thing, is that now everybody goes, well, what, I wonder what was going on here. I wonder what was going on there. Um, but you know, I, I balk when people say, "Oh, everybody was doing it." Go get it. If if you're a media member, go find the firsthand sources. Right? Ken and I were able to find two teams with firsthand sourcing, um, meaning people on the inside who acknowledged we did this. Everything else has been um, people on the outside pointing fingers. And in the book, there's firsthand sourcing about the Dodgers as well, using a base runner system. Um, so that's my overview of how to look at the league wide stuff. What's your favorite part of a damn near perfect game? Well, when you send it to me and, uh, and All right, if, 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 the bathroom, if, I'll, I'll tell you, let's see. Well, you, you yeah, tell I, me how much of sign stealing stuff is in your book. It's, it's not, that's not what the book is about. You don't have any of the Joe Kelly, uh, Astros, uh, it's not what the book stuff? is about. Oh yeah, yeah of course. Of course. Well, no, I mean the, the, the part is it begin. The book begins with the whole like thing with Correa. Ah, wow! Yeah. So yours is a history book too, huh? No, oh no! It's using it's basically using it at instance to show you how emotions everything Why didn't you relate- get that out sooner. If, if you're every, gonna every, there. Oh, are you gonna let me talk? You're gonna <laughs> let me talk. Everything relates back to the glorious game of baseball. That's right. And as as Joe Kelly says in the book, he looked over at Carlos Correa and saw the snotty nosed AU kid. You know, the spoiled AU kid. And that's right. what you do to that kid. You mm-hmm. give him a pout. And so there you go. And boom, you're on your way to, to literary excellence. Um, right. uh, what is your what is your favorite part of your book? 
if you're not going to name the favorite part of my book? Um, honestly, I, I think the truly, I think the ending is poignant for me. It there, it, it it wraps a bow on you know what the what the cost of what the Astros did was. Um, it, it shines some light on what really goes on in, in these front offices. I, I, I kept coming back to that. You know, I, I found it to be succinct and, um, kind of powerful, frankly. Uh, but you know, we'll see, we'll see what people enjoy and, and hopefully they, they do read to the end. It was weird. The last line said, good luck winning another world series, Houston Astros. That was bizarre. That was and if they strange. win another world series, I guess everything is <laughs> fixed, right, buddy? That's the whole trick. You hold up the damn trophy and that's it. It's perfect. Let's write a book. Are you, about so you've got, you've gotten to this point. Are you looking forward to the next couple of weeks? Yeah. I'm you had your book, you had your book party, which I boycotted. Yeah. Um, but, uh, are you looking forward to it? I want, I, it's, it's been, as I was kind of touching on earlier, it's been, difficult waiting to have this story out in the world right to have the full picture the researched picture that nobody else has and and i don't think many people um could possibly understand without kind of going through this research and reporting i'm i'm i want people to understand the full picture uh and and that's really what i'm looking forward to i want people to be able to read the whole thing um and the people who have so far you know it's 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 wild, right? It, it is a, I, I think there, there are some wows I get. And, and that's not a bit about my cop and my reporting. It's about, holy crap, this is what was going on. Here. Uh, somebody with the Astros um, said to me, they learned something new every, you know, 15 pages. And, and I, and I think that's a pretty high compliment. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Well, there you go. Congratulations on writing the book. Thanks, Rob. Even though, you, to you too. even though you say you want to, you reveal all this stuff, and you won't tell me why you released the expert in September. Are we competitors? <laughs> no, man. Like, no, you're the you're basically the warm up back for February twenty eighth. Are you yeah. kidding me? <laughs> yeah, I'm the opener. <laughs> you're the opener. Uh, but all, in all sincerity, I know how difficult the whole process is, and for something like this, it's. It's uh, there is that that sense of and I know what you're saying about you wanting to talk about it. You get the books, you get the books in your hand, you have the book party, um, you get the attaboys and all of that. I mean, this is this is the payoff. And so soak yeah. back and enjoy it, because in about uh, two months, I'll be back ripping you. When, By the way, when's the sequel? When's the sequel? <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I need I need you know, this this was uh, this took up the, the age 32 to 35 years of my life. I've been joking with people and I, and I think there's a kernel of truth in this. Everybody else around me and kind of in, in my age bracket uh, is either married, has a kid or has a house or some combination. Are you around. blaming the book for this? And I've got a book, right? Yeah. And and so I'm, I'm ready, Rob, to, to keep doing great work for the athletic. Um, you know, if another book deal comes up, great, but I, there, you know, it's time to kind of do some of the things I, I didn't get to do the last three years. So who's playing you in the movie? People say I look like uh, Ben Platt, you know, the, or Ben Platt looks like me. I should say that the guy from Dear Evan Hansen. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, John so, Malkovich, if he was younger. I've gotten a, that I'm a younger no, guy. I think a current John Malkovich. I think that would be apple. Yeah? yeah. He's a little yeah. older than I am. Uh, it's like, I think I, I, after writing a book, you'll know what I mean. Um, all right. 
All right. Thank you.